1: Welcome back, still to come on the McCafe menu, Michaela Bowen's going to join us, AFLW out of Geelong, BP Brett Phillips, all things US Open Miles, Fitzner will set us up for the weekend of racing and Blair Crouch, of course, is the GM of the Melbourne Stars with the BBL draft uh, to hit us Sunday night, all thanks to McCafe, that is our official coffee partner. As heard on breakfast this morning, my Cruises Friday FOMO offer will be announced today, so make sure you stick around to hear the details on that later on in the show. So the Boomers' Japanese tour of must-win games continues at the FIBA World Cup tonight. And one of the marquee games of this tournament is Australia-Slovenia. There's a bit on it now. The replay of the Tokyo Games bronze medal match. There's no room for error for Brian Gorgian's squad. ESPN's Kane Pittman joins us to preview this crucial clash. Kane, welcome. Thanks all for your time.
0: I uh, appreciate it, Sam. Always a pleasure to chat with you. And I think you're right. Tonight... We've sort of forecasted that this might have been the matchup coming up, but uh, from now on, it's all must-win for the Boomers.
1: We've got ourselves into a slightly sticky situation here, haven't we, Gain?
0: Yeah, we have. So uh, the Boomers got out of the first uh, group stage 2-1, and one, so they lost that close game to Germany, and it was always going to be a situation where they could probably afford to lose one game getting through the first two rounds because the, the results and the standings do carry over to the second round. Unfortunately, it happened early in the second game of the tournament. So the equation is pretty simple. The Boomers will have to beat Slovenia and Luka Doncic tonight, and then a Georgia on Sunday, who is a a super competitive team. So pretty simple, basically knockout basketball from
1: now on. Now, Kane, help me out with the maths. And admittedly, this is some pretty dark thinking on my behalf, but if the Boomers do beat Slovenia (laughs) and they do beat Georgia, is there still some chance we don't progress out of Group K here?
0: No, they they should be safe at that point. At, At for sure. I think the the best case scenario, we'll know this, uh, the, how Germany goes against Georgia in the morning. But I think you probably at this point have to assume that the Boomers are going to find it hard to finish on top of this next group. So the easiest path to, would be for the Boomers to win both of their games, Germany to beat Slovenia, and then you're comfortably in at 4-1. and one. Germany would be 5-0 and zero and you win uh, on the win-loss over Slovenia because then it does get a little bit complicated getting back to points differential. So, If you're looking at tonight's game, and this is very complicated stuff, and I've probably already confused everyone, but you simply want to beat Slovenia, and in an ideal world, you would love to do it by as much as possible.
1: Okay, that's very well put. Now, when you're playing against Slovenia, (laughs) it's far simple. It's far more simple. There's there's one man that needs to be stopped, and his name's Luka Doncic, of course. Goes without saying, uh, hottest player thus far in the tournament. Uh, He just needs to be... Well, he probably can't be stopped, but he needs to be slowed. Yeah,
0: slow. That's a perfect way to put it, Sam. And I I think the Boomers are in a pretty good position where they have multiple guys that they can throw at him. So over the course of 40 minutes, and we expect that Luka Doncic, barring any foul trouble or something like that, he's going to probably play 35-plus minutes in this game. And for Australia, it's probably going to start with Josh Green on Luka Doncic, and then you have Matisse Seibel, Xavier Cooks will probably spend some time on him, and maybe even Dante Exum, who we saw in the Tokyo Olympics. And I think with those four guys, you're going to have to apply three-quarter court, full-court pressure on Luca, make it difficult for him to bring the ball up the floor. If you can, get the ball out of his hands. And ultimately, you just want to wear this guy down by the fourth quarter, and that's where you're going to give yourself the best chance. So uh, you mentioned it. He's been dominant. He's putting up 30 points per game through the first three games of this tournament. That's lead the leading scorer. He's getting into the free-throw line 15 times a night. This might be a, a long game, and I know that might not be the best for people staying up late in Australia, but it's mm-hmm. Friday night. You've got nothing better to do than watch the boomers anyway.
1: No, tip off, I think, at 10.10 10 local time here. So, Josh Green, you mentioned there, Kane, as far as Lucas concerned. Knows him, obviously, as well as just about anyone. He's his teammate in Dallas. So, would you have him get first crack?
0: Yeah, absolutely. And we did see Josh Green come into the starting lineup. Former T. Bible, he's big, he's physical, he's, he's around six seven and uh, and has uh, the length as well. And you're right, he just knows him well. These guys practice together, obviously, on the Dallas Mavericks and speaking with Josh Green. He defends him a lot in practice as well. So he's going to have some intimate knowledge about the scouting report and what Luca likes to go to in the half court. So I think Josh Green is absolutely the first option. And really, the, the difficult thing for the Boomers' defense tonight, he's going to be staying out of foul trouble. What they don't want, is an aggressive and hyped-up Josh Green and Australian defense. Someone like Green or Liable to pick up two fouls in the first quarter. Then you put yourself in the back foot, and also you're giving three points to this Slovenian team. So I think that they've got options. But Brian Gorgian loves what Josh Green did in the NBA last year, and he was just waiting for him to get healthy. Finally, brought him back into the starting lineup. So, I, I'm going I'm to assume that that's going to be the opening matchup.
1: Now speaking of ESPN's Kane Pittman. So, Kane, just on, as you say, Green coming in to replace Thiebaud like he did before the Japan game. They do appear settled now, the starting five I, I'm mentioning here, but they've got good depth at the same time. So, do you see any other changes? There's a few jokes going around Japan that Brian Gorgian's rolling around with the Rubik's Cube as far as the starting lineup goes. So, <laughs> is this it, do you think, or could there be another twist?
0: Honestly, I think that it mostly matters for the closing lineups, and we've seen that change a little bit as mm. well. But as far as the starters go, I thought coming into this tournament that there might be a game where the Boomers are looking for a little bit more offense, particularly outside shooting. It might be a Joe Ingalls or the other guy that's just been dominant thus far in the tournament coming off the bench has been Xavier Cooks, and he had a monster game against Japan the other night. So those are two guys that I would keep an eye on. but. I do think it's settled. I think this is the group they want to go to. I think they get some extra offense out of Josh Green that you're not really going to get from Matisse Stubble. He's more reluctant when it comes to shooting the ball and attacking the basket. So I think that they've got a nice balance now. I would assume that they're going to stay the same uh, with the same five tonight against Slovenia, at least.
1: I'm glad you mentioned Xavier Cooks. I watched that game closely, uh, the one just gone against Japan. Jeez, he was good. His anticipation to get to the rim, it's almost like he knows Paddy Mills is going to jack one up before Paddy knows himself.
0: Yeah, offensive rebounds are going to be so big for this team, Sam. And he had 10 in that game. And I was trying to chase up what was the individual game record. I don't think he would have been too far off in a World Cup because that is a massive number. And you talk about the anticipation. There was a couple of plays there where he got two or three offensive rebounds on the same play. He's dipping back his own misses. And that's the athleticism that he has. And some people look at that and go, well, he's that in. But that's a skill in itself. You got to get on the trampoline, Back up in the rim, mm. rebound the ball, and put it back in. And for this Boomer team, where offense isn't necessarily the strength, all those second chance opportunities how are how they're going to stay in games. And how they're going to match it with the better teams, hopefully, the longer the tournament goes.
1: Now, Josh Giddy was going to be a talking point regardless, but he's been thrust into the lead role uh, on an international scale. So very good against Finland, you know, not so good against Germany, but he had company and very assertive against Japan. What what have you made of him over there in the tournament in, in what's been a tough pool, pretty tough pull for the Boomers game? What do you think of the performance of Josh Giddy thus far?
0: Well, I've loved what he's done in the fourth quarter, and you're right. It wasn't exactly his night against Germany, but late in the fourth quarter, he tied the game at 79, driving to the basket. He tied the game at 81, driving to the basket. And then he uh, was bleeding. The Germans were quick to identify that and get him off the floor. But at (laughs) that point in time, he looked like the guy that was going to take over the fourth and carry the Boomers to a victory. And then in the last game against Japan, when... It was probably safe, but you had just enough reason to just sit up in your seat a little bit. They got the margin back to 13 points. Then it was Josh Giddey who scored seven straight points. So he's not necessarily known as a scorer through his first two years in his NBA career. But we've seen now in back-to-back games in historically a team that has been completely uh, owned in the fourth quarter by Paddy Mills. He's the guy that's got the ball in his hands. It's been nice to see as we continue this transition between the old and the new in the Boomer squad that Josh Giddy has taken the mantle and taken the responsibility as a scorer because he's probably going to have to continue to do that to give Paddy Mills the support that he's going to need.
1: Just on Paddy Mills, I, now admittedly I haven't watched every game Kane, but how do you assess him, uh, his shooting in particular? Um, has it been a little bit off from our being harsh?
0: No, well it is a little bit off by his very, very lofty standards mm. and he's down at uh, from three on the tournament. He's been pretty good in two-point range. He's at 60%, which you obviously take that every single day. But I I think he's been getting to situations where he's looking for the two-point shot rather than the three. Whether that's hesitation, whether he's not in the spots that he wants to get those usual looks off, maybe because of personnel that has changed over or maybe because of the attention he's getting from the defense. So the one thing I would say with Paddy Mills is that one thing that is not going to change with the defense, you'll see it tonight at Slovenia, is that they're going to treat him as the number one option. And even if he's not having those monster scoring nights, just by Paddy being on the floor, helping the rest of the team, I do think we're going to get to a point eventually where you need him to be that 20, 25 point a night scorer like he has been for so long. But at, at the moment, while he hasn't been at his best, I still feel that he's had a massive, massive impact. on the
1: Hey, just before we let you go, Kane got a question here from Michael who's listening out in Ashburton. He says, uh, what are the chances a well-rested, very good defender in Jack White also gets a crack at Luca? It would help spread the load and the fouls to ensure our depth comes through, in my opinion. What do you think of uh, Jack White as a proposition?
0: Yeah, it's a great point. And I I think that the question for Brian Gorgian and this Boomer team is going to be, what Reese is a genuine 6'11 center? And then also Nick Kaye. Are those two guys versatile enough and athletic enough to defend Luka Doncic? And if they're not, much more Xavier Cooks at the five, and then Jack White is an option in small ball lineups as well. So I think it's a good point. And the, really, the, the big thing here is that the Boomers have the depth and Jack is still good about.
1: Well, you can watch the World Cup, of course, on ESPN and the Hungry Jacks NBL tips off later this month as well. Kane, really appreciate your time as always this morning. And you're right, it's a Friday night over here, 10 past 10. What's that? <laughs> we'll be tuning in, of course, we will. Thanks a lot, mate.
0: Love it, Sammy. Cheers, mate.
1: There's Kane Pittman there joining us from ESPN. Looking forward to that. Uh, if they get rolled here, the Boomers, uh, that would be a great shame because it's been uh, a high expectations on the Boomers coming to this tournament. No doubt about it. And the thought was they would go a lot deeper. Hopefully they do. Uh, some other fo- footy final stuff here. Uh, Mr. September Sammy Walsh coming through. Uh, Big Maxi up forward to wreak havoc versus Collingwood, then dominate the ruck in the second half. And Tony's dropped us a line. If the Saints supporters don't show up for this final, they should be ashamed. Tickets uh, are still available. They won't get a better chance to watch a final. Uh, Ds need to play Tom McDonald. If fit. He was a big part of their system in 2021. Important hit up role. Has Nick Rewalt type endurance. And we've still got some Salty Crow supporters texting in here. Uh, you must be excited. As playing against the Bulldogs or Crows would have been a far more formidable opponent. Swans don't offer up much forward or in the guts. Sydney did play in a grand final last year, Moxter. Carlton Crows at the G next Friday would have been a mouthwatering fixture. Hope the Blues flog the Swans. There's another Salty Crows one, that's Cody. And I've got this text here as well, because we got a call earlier from a concerned Richmond supporter saying, please, Dimmer, don't take our players. Well, it was pointed out far and wide. Hang on a minute. Touch of hypocrisy about that. Lol, says this texter. Does Bill realise how many ex-Suns players are in, the, uh, in Tigers' premiership sides? Caddy. Prestia, Lynch, what a hypocrite. I hope they rob the Tigers blind. And there were a few other texts to say, hang on, Richmond's dynasty was built on the recruitment of Gold Coast players. So yeah, uh, a few points made on that front as well. Uh, keep your texts coming through. The 40 Winks temper text, 1116 Temper a mattress like no other. You can get your unique bed match profile, find the right bed for you. 40 Winks, of course, they're very serious about sleep. And the open line for EFS. We'll take your calls right throughout the show. EFS delivering simple freight solutions. That's one 736 Seven, three, six. We're going to cover a range of topics today, domestically and internationally. Now, this Sunday morning, 10 o'clock, this is your journey. I'm catching up with former boomer, Perth Wildcats legend, Andrew Vlahov. All thanks to Tobin Brothers celebrating lives. Now, speaking of, co- how's this for a conflict, Andrew Vlahov? And we we'll speak to him about this this Sunday. There was a three-season stretch where Andrew Vlahov was a player at the Wildcats while also being the owner of of the Wildcats. Now, think about that for a question. He said there were some pre-game warm-ups where he'd look up at the top tier and say, "Mm, ticket yield a bit off. I might have to change the seating arrangements. And he was a player. That's a fascinating one. Don't miss it. If you like your basketball and uh, and sport in general, that one's a rip-up. Melbourne's weather today, morning shower, clearing though, which is nice. Top of 15 for city power. They supply power to homes in the CBD and the inner suburbs.